in lightning. Inspirational. Powerfully refining. Powerfully refining. And unapologetically controversial. Conversations with the Royal Impress. The entire world knows the secret of who you are. Now is the time to step into your queendom and become the royal empress that you're meant to be. One woman at a time. Conversations with the royal empress. Now Akiba, she's the analytical empress. Akima, she's the empress that will challenge you. Now, straighten up your crown and be elevated through conversation. Conversation with the Royal Empress. Welcome to season three of Conversations with the Royal Empress. This is Akila, and joining me as always is my fellow co-host, Dr. Hakima. Welcome back, Doc. It's good, it's good to be back, sis. It's good to be back. All right. So we are starting our season off exploring hope, hurt, and healing with clinician and author Vernice Cooper. Without further ado, we welcome Vernice Cooper to the show. Welcome, sis. Thank you. Thank you so much, both of you, for having me here. Appreciate you. Thank you. So you wrote a book called Vacate Victimville, the Anthologies of Hope, Hurt, and Healing. And we can't wait to delve into this subject, into this topic. Um, but first, we want to give you a little bit uh, about... Bernice, who happens to also be my soror, always have to have to throw that part in there because you know, <laughs> dynamic sorors out here. <laughs> so Bernice Cooper is a dynamic motivational speaker, poet, author, and a licensed marriage and family therapist who is determined to use her education and experience to inspire, motivate, and transform lives. Her life experience of overcoming family addiction and trauma paired with her professional experience fuels her passion to guide people, particularly women, out of a victimville mentality. She uses real world examples, humor, and short storytelling. Vernice sheds light on how resilience transforms the way we live, love, and heal. Bernice currently works as a clinician specializing in addiction medicine and recovery services, and she owns her own consulting business, Joy Road Solutions, and as we've already stated, she is the author of her debut book, book Vacate Victimville. So welcome again, and what can you add that we have not already said about you? Thank you. Like I said, thank you both for having me here. Um, the only thing that my bio doesn't include is that when I'm not working, I'm a wife and a mother, right. right? That takes a lot of time and energy. So um, just navigating all of those spaces at the same time, um, I always add that piece. 
let's just let's let's get into um, this topic. The first thing I want to do is discuss your book and why did you write this book? That's a great question. Um, I wrote this book and, and I even talk about it a little bit in, in the intro of my book because um, I've been the mayor of this town called Victimville. Right. There's been <laughs> times in my life where um, I experienced this emotional paralysis is what I'll call it. Right. Where I'm waiting for an apology. A lot of times people say, how do you know you're in Victimville? Well, one Ooh. way you know is because you're waiting for an apology. I've been there and I'm going to be mad until I get it. Right. Yeah. Um, I've had difficulty celebrating other people. Right. Not because I'm jealous of what they're doing, but I'm jealous because I'm not doing what I was supposed to be doing. Right. It's different. Um, also, I'm one of those people who um, at one point in my life, I was keeping score of offenses. Mm. Another, another indicator that you're in victimville. Um, and I started to create a narrative around why I don't um, expand relationships. See, that's why I don't mess with women. Oh, see, that's why I don't go to that church. See, hey, this is why I don't do this, right? So I started to create these narratives that kept me isolated. And so I wanted to do, do the art of short storytelling, right? Help people see through story first, through story, um, what it might look like to be in this emotional paralysis. Right. You can't move forward. Yeah, you you do the day to day things, but you can't move on. Yeah. So that's that's the gist of it. Wow. <laughs> I, I think that there are going to be a lot of people who can relate um, to that, honestly. And I've often seen that in people, you know, so mm -hmm. that's uh, so. So just to hear you actually mm -hmm. say it, you know, that's powerful because a lot of people can't even acknowledge that in themselves they're just stuck and they don't know um you know to even articulate it mm. mm -hmm. you know or 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 they're so stuck but then as you said you've already resigned as mayor so <laughs> i resigned as mayor and then i and so i actually created a rubric right that will be in the workbook that i'm gonna um drop this summer but it has 10 ways of knowing that you're in how to know if you're in victimville and yes. then it just doesn't tell you if you're in there now. It tells you if you're visiting, right? <laughs> if you vacation there, or if you are a resident, if you live there. Like, did you buy property? Like, everyone's gonna visit Ooh. Victimville. Everybody. Nobody's, ex nobody's exempt, no. right? One of the indicators is: Do you blame others for your misfortunes? Like, we've all been there. Like, see if my if my mom and dad had to stay together. Or yeah. if this person would have did that if they didn't break up with me, right? Um, so yeah, I resigned. I resigned, but I visit there. I was on Disappointment Drive the other day, and I was like, "Let me get up out of here." That's so powerful with, with that vertical vision you're talking about. I mean, I, when you said it, it's certain situations in my life while I felt I was visiting Victorville, but I came back from it. It's, it's certain situations in my life that I felt like I was vacationing for a while. And in this thing um, that I'm dealing with now, I'm like, you've been a resident of Victorville. You need to get out. So, I mean, I think a person could be an, a visitor or 
a vacationer and a resident at the same time dealing with different issues. That's so powerful. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, it's 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 a lot. Um, sometimes it's smaller indicators too. Like, are you easily offended? Mm. Are you are you are you frequently <laughs> defensive? Like, are you always defensive? Like, what is that about? Yes. Like, let's unlock it. And then I also, um, not that men aren't there, but I, I probably would say that there's more women, right? First of all, we say. We, we talk a little bit more than men, right? It's about 20,000 words per day to men, 7,000 words per day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there might be a few more women there who actually live there, right? Who have taken up residence there, right? Mm. We are subjected to um, other forms of trauma, right? That some, that some men aren't at the same rate. Yeah. So I'm going to segue in and say, talk about what Victimville is. I think it's important that we go there. And I'm going to take an excerpt from your book where you define Victimville. And you define Victimville as a place in the human mind where painful experiences, thoughts, and feelings get caught in a cognitive traffic jam where reasoning is stalled and judgment is impaired. That is so powerful and I just, just take the floor. Can you read that again? That's too powerful to be read once. I think <laughs> okay. You so we'll do, need to read that one again. We're, we're going to do it one more time. Yeah, do that one more time. At Dr. Hawk's request. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's too, I, I need that to resonate. I need it some more. It's like sprinkling on some seasoning. Oh, no, we need a little more seasoning on that. Put a little more on that. So go ahead and read that again. Victimville is a place in the human mind where painful experiences, thoughts, and feelings get caught in a cognitive traffic jam where reasoning is stalled and judgment is impaired. And I'm just going to put that book up where what I just read from and let the clinician have the floor. <laughs> yeah. Um, part of the work that I do is really helping people visualize what they're going through. And I chose Victimville as a place because we like to talk about places. We understand traffic, right? And so imagine your thoughts being stuck in traffic, mm. right? When I'm angry, trust me, it's a cognitive traffic jam. Even if I put on a signal, when I'm mad, mad, I can't move. I'm stuck in that space, right? And so I'm just, I really use that definition because I want to help people understand that sometimes you're there not due to your own fault. Sometimes you're there for a very long time so that you can learn some things. What is it revealing about you when you're in traffic? I always tell people traffic is a perfect place to work on patience. You have a, you have a problem with patience? Uh, take the longest route to work in traffic, right? I tell people you you got you have an issue with anger or patience, um, go to the DMV without an appointment. Go to the grocery store and stand in the longest line. If you want to work, if you want to do the work, because it's about what you do in the space while you wait. That's the difference. A lot of times people are like, "Well, I just don't want to be angry. I don't want to be disappointed. Disappointed anymore. I don't want to be hurt." No, you're gonna be hurt. 
guess what? Here's my 100% money back guarantee. Somebody else is gonna disappoint you. Congratulations. Somebody else is gonna hurt you. But you're, you, you have tools for resilience. And so, yeah, that's why I use that definition. You know, now I know what I gotta do while I'm in um, traffic jail. <laughs> while I'm sitting on the expressway saying, damn, nigga, another accident again. And I'm sitting there for 20 minutes. Now I know I need to be figuring out, okay, let's, 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 let's deal with why we in Victorville right now. <laughs> Definitely, I love it, I love it. Even in that traffic, right, you have a, an opportunity to redirect your thoughts. What can I be doing while I'm sitting here? Not turning on um, the most hyphy music you can find, right? Because sometimes when we're in a stuck place, we reach out to stuck people. Mm. Sometimes when we are in that traffic jam, we call someone else who's been in a traffic jam. Not in, you know, sometimes when we have conflict, right? We're like, oh, you know what? Um, I'm going through this divorce. Let me call some other people I know that are divorced. Instead of saying, you know what? Let me call a counselor so I can work through this. Wow. Let me call someone who is on the healing side of it so they can give me a different perspective. We actually call people with the same perspective. Yes. <laughs> when, we yes. Call, when we're mad, <laughs> we call other mad people. <laughs> I think because we just want somebody to, to validate where we at that place in our mind or that, that state of being. We just want validation. We don't want healing. We just want validation. Yeah, yes. girl, I'm going through the same thing. What what what's the healing in that? There ain't no healing in that. It's just somebody yeah. solidified why it's okay for you to stay in the space that you're in. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that about the validation because what is when you when you get your um when you park somewhere and you get a validation, that's just a stamp to say that you were there. Yes. Yes. Do you need someone to stamp Ooh, your validation while, while you're in Victimville? Exactly. Ooh, that's so deep, sis. That's deep. You, you know, my mother has a saying that she told me all, she's told me this ever since I was young with friends and dealing with people. And she would say, misery loves company. Mm. And, you know, and I think that that, for me anyway, I um, I tend to not call the people that have been there or that are going through that. But again, it's been stamped into me that misery loves company. Mm. And so I'm constantly thinking about that. I'm in this space. Do I need to, do I need company here? You know, so when I reach out to somebody, why do I need company? And mm. I don't. So, you know, so I tend, now it doesn't mean that you don't call and vent to people. I like to call to get a perspective that not, not necessarily my own, but to help me to get out of the space that I'm in. Yes. Is that, you know? It makes, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And if you think of it within the context of Vacate Victimville, are you going to pull up on woe is me lane? What's the purpose there? Right? That's back to that misery loves company. Yes, vent. But the challenge is, will you vent with purpose? Will you vent with the purpose of healing and transformation? It's different because once we're when we're stuck, there's a part of us that needs that validation, right? And I always talk to people, especially when we're talking about anger. Um, I talk about um, 
valid anger, right? You know, when you're angry and no matter who you tell the story to, somebody stole my mom's wheelchair, right? No matter who you tell the story to, they're gonna, they're gonna join you in that, in that justified anger. They're gonna join you there, right? And so um, instead of talking to someone about how do you forgive someone for such an egregious act? It's a different conversation. And you have to be so diligent about seeking those conversations so that you don't have to visit there so long in Victimville. You know, that's detailed. You, you said about venting with a purpose. And it now this is a, a, a needed to rewire our thinking because when we vent and we don't feel like it's a purpose, we should get something out of it. We just feel like I need to call my girlfriend and just vent. Okay, but what should be the purpose of that? Should your girlfriend join in and, like you said, validate it? Or should she be the person, the correct person eventually to say, okay, get it out your system, girl. It's out your system. Now what you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. How is it affecting you? How how you going to keep this from spilling over to your other parts of your life? I mean, you, you're supposed to be having that person that, that you vent to that need to help you figure out a purpose. Because, you know, when you're angry, you know, you know I call it key all the time. I would be up. Getting off work, I would be yelling in the phone. I know she would be like this, saying, "Okay." She's like, "Calm down." <laughs> so I mean, you don't need that girlfriend or that that male friend or whoever you call. Yeah, you know what? They're yelling back through with you because you're not really. Ha it's no purpose to that conversation, but only it's ye it's like yeast. It's making mm. it's, it's making that emotion bigger, like you're making it spread. It just becomes so big, and now it's it becomes our identity and who we are. It's like now all of a sudden, our, our next 10 to 15 days, this this becomes our identity. And, and anyone who doesn't agree with this or jump on the bag wagon, we don't wanna be around. We wanna constantly be in that place and put certain people in our lives that's gonna help us stay in that place. And it's just horrible. Yeah, um, you need that person that you can vent with. Um, who's gonna give you some positive feedback and some encouragement at that time. That's what, that's what I mean by vent with purpose. I don't want you to stay isolated, right? Because Victimville, um, the disease of addiction will meet you there, right? The thought process of um, victimization will meet you. It loves isolation, it feeds on isolation. Go be angry with yourself and see how that works out, right? Go be disappointed with yourself go have some resentment with yourself, right? And so that, that I'm glad you said that because yeah, you, you still do need to vent. It's important, um, but also venting with purpose. Yeah, I agree. And, I, and, and actually when I'm talking to people, one of the things that I really dislike is um, when someone gives me, I've had a situation where I'm talking to someone and they put uh, ideas in your head there that does not work for your good right they're they're putting it's almost like they're putting poison seeds in your mind and when when someone does that to me i'm usually going to put a little distance between us because you know or i will question them i had a i had a friend tell me one time i had broken up with someone and i uh was going out of town and she tells me, oh, you need to post pictures of yourself having a good time so he can see this and blah. And I said, why would I do that? Mm. And she's like, well, I was like, but why would I do that? Like, I really questioned her. I was like, I don't care. That, that you, you do have to watch who is in your personal space. 
not just friends, but what you listen to. What is being fed into your mind every day? What do you listen to um, music-wise? What are you watching on TV? If you're an angry person that watches the news every day, you're going to stay an angry person. Listen. <laughs> oh, yes. This is why I don't watch these, uh, these uh, series. Uh, actually, and it's funny you mentioned it. I had some coworkers talking about the show Power, and they were all into this character, and they were they was expressing anger and man, I can't believe he betrayed this person like that. And I'm just, and I'm like, I don't watch the show, so I'm sitting here like, oh my god, I come in the conversation like, oh my god, who's this person you talking about? Who's Tariq? Everybody's all upset about it, and and by the time in the middle of the conversation, they're like, oh, the TV show. I said, but the emotions. Mm-hmm. And the and the expression and the and the anger and disappointment and the character was so real. It was mm-hmm. these people were actually in a state of crisis over a television show over a character. It was like yeah. these people. This is why I don't watch a series anymore because you tend to put yourself in the uh, television shows with these characters and whatever traumas in that show you experience in the two. Actually. I'm so glad you said that. That is so true, um, for especially for someone like me who watched Power, <laughs> right? Um, it, it's not good for me, but I'm also, yeah, 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 no. But I'm glad you talked about it because what it does, it actually triggers the trauma, the traumas that we've experienced. Like one of the things you said is betrayal. Yeah, there was some betrayal in there um, that I'm like, ooh, like, and I touch on Betrayal Boulevard in, in, my, in my book, right? That's a place in Victimville. And so when people, that's why I say you have to watch what you're listening to and what you're watching because it will trigger stuff in you. And now you're talking about the show because you still haven't dealt with some betrayal or someone you've betrayed in the past. Listen, this is... This is why when people say it's just entertainment, that is a false assumption and people need to understand that it's not just entertainment. It's, it's not. not. No, I mean, they are very skilled at what they do, right? Even, even all television, really, but especially on the marketing side. I used to love to walk into um, some of my recovery groups um, and... I used to ask them this question. I said, um, are you influenced by television? People were like, no, 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 I don't even watch TV. You know, I love when people say that. And I'm like, let me see if you can finish this. And I say, you're in good hands. And they'd be like, with all state, right? I'd be like, nationwide is, and they'd be like, on your side, <laughs> right? The whole time, I'm like, you're, you're influenced every day. You don't even know it. You don't even know the seeds that are being planted, right? I said, for y'all old school folks, right? And, and I don't sing, but I'm out here like the best part of waking up and the whole crowd will sing the rest. If you don't think that you're being influenced by what you see in here, you're a fool. Yeah. I can't help but laugh because <laughs> I do know, and I'm one of those people that say I don't really watch TV. So, um, <laughs> but but my guy friend tells me that I'm, uh, you remember the movie The Cable Guy where he repeats all these movies? He calls me Cable Girl. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
I want to just um, transition a little bit again and go into um, the book a little bit because your book is a series of short sto stories and poems. What story in the book was most personal for you? Oh, definitely um, Grief Gateway. Mm. Yeah, um, actually the, the, the poem that follows Grief Gateway I wrote years ago for my grandmother's funeral. And so that story, it's just a very sweet story between a granddaughter and her grandmother, right? Especially a woman of color and, you know, um, just having the Medea in the family, if you were lucky enough to have that experience as a for as a grandmother, you know, for a grandmother, and so that that one is just near and dear to my heart. Um, I cried writing it, even though I didn't have that experience. It just reminded me, and it triggers so much of the sweetness between our relationship, and just and and it reminded me of my own stages of grief um, when I was losing my grandmother. So yeah, that's my favorite story and most personal to me. Wow. And you touch on a few topics in the book, um, in some, in terms of how we get stuck in Victimville. What are some examples um, of, of things that happen to us in terms of how we get stuck in Victimville or how we visit or how we do whatever, whatever, and, and just based on your book, because you go through quite a few of these things. I think before we started the show, we talked about uh, institutional racism? Um, especially things like institutional racism. And, and I talk about that um, not explicitly, but in the way of short storytelling in the story called Anger Alley, right? Here, here is a Black man who served his country, right? And he's not the only person in the book who served the country, right? But he served his country, but he's still subjected to the institutional racism um, when he returns from, from war, right? Um, it doesn't give him any, um, it doesn't exclude him from the institutional racism. But one thing I, I like to convey in the book is that it's easy to forgive a person. It's harder to forgive an entire institution. It's harder to forgive an entire country Right? Think about how hard it is to forgive some person who has offended you. And so, um, yeah, there, and, there, and there's, lots of, there's lots of indicators of how you're in Victimville. Um, like keeping score is one of them. And so when you talk about institutional racism, we've kept score. I don't even have to use this platform to name every victim, right, of police brutality, but we're keeping score as a race, as a people, right? And so um, that's just one of one of the ways. Um, also, just creating creating barriers to new relationships, right? Are we willing to to have new relationships with our police departments? Are we willing to have new relationships with people who don't look like us for the sake of creating something bigger and larger? So yeah, there, there's there's so much packed in the little stories. Like you don't, people don't understand all the Easter eggs that I've packed in every story unless you have done a workshop with we me. We talking about 
anger towards the institution. You got a lot of people angry with God. Why he allowing this to happen? And so that's so deep, it's affecting their faith. It's mm. just, I mean, when you said, I was like, dang, you know what? And it reminded me of a conversation I had with someone. And they were, the question was, why are people so focused on spirituality and God don't care about us? And it's like, when you said it, I said, wow, we could take that even a step further to people being angry with God. Absolutely. And here, here's, here's the danger in, one, not having a higher power, and two, being angry at your higher power. Here's why. When it's, it's so dangerous that you can actually become your own God. When you become your own God, wow. <laughs> you can be so angry that now you are your own God. Me, me and my anger are my God. So you just have to really, really, really monitor that anger. And it's a lot. There's a lot to unpack when you're, when you're upset, angry, um, and, and hurt from your higher, higher being. But what that, what that means is either you don't have one now or you have become one. And that's even, that's, that's even deeper. Damn, that's heavy. I, you know what? It was one of my questions I was going to ask you: is How does your own spirituality play into the work that you're doing? But that statement alone, I think you answered that. One. Oh <laughs> yeah, mean, this, yeah. This, it, 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 I like how you bring the spirituality and connecting to um, to uh, someone's relationship with their Lord, because so often when you're when you're in arenas where there's counseling. Like an arena that I'm in, I try to bring spirituality into it, but the very people who are in mental health or in different aspects of counseling is frowns upon you bringing a spiritual approach to it. And and it and and and, and when you're dealing with black people, we need that spiritual approach mm -hmm. for our own healing, even though different cultures may not really understand it. But just to me, that's true effectiveness. That's true healing, and just. Um, you're describing your work. I just, man, I can't wait to get to one of the workshops. So I gotta go to, I gotta fly to California for a workshop. <laughs> Can we get a Zoom workshop? I'm gonna get yeah, a Zoom workshop. workshop. Girl, this is powerful. Yeah, I'm, is I'm glad you don't, I'm, I'm so glad that you mentioned how it's such a big part of who we are, right? To take away that piece, to not even acknowledge it in a therapeutic space, you're not acknowledging a piece of me. To not acknowledge my spirituality, to not acknowledge my blackness, to not acknowledge my femininity, those are all parts of me. So if you ignore one, yes. mm. we, we, I'm, I can't do the work. I can't do the work. Mm. And so I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because in my professional space, right, as an addiction medicine counselor, it's not like I can bring God with me on certain, in certain practical ways, mm -hmm. but because he lives in me, mm. <laughs> it comes out any, either way. Like this is part <laughs> of my, this is part of my purpose. Like I'm living my purpose. I don't just do this work. This is not just my job. This is part of my purpose, right? And I know very clearly that my purpose is to shed light in dark places. And so, you can try to take it away from me. You can tell me it doesn't exist and, and I won't even fight you on it. Because one thing about spirituality 
and at least for me and my faith, um, God is not something I can intellectualize. He can only be experienced. You can't take that from me. Amen, amen, amen. Girl, I feel like I'm in church. (laughs) (laughs) I am serious. Oh my God, girl. Oh, I love you. I just, I I love you. This, this is awesome. And I'm so happy to, um, to know you, to have met you and to, to just watch you actually living out and fulfilling that purpose, because that purpose is going to change many, um, lives. And I'm sure it already has and has assisted so many people. Let's discuss healing and next steps. Um, healing. That's loaded. <laughs> um, the, the first thing about healing is just really acknowledging the space that you're in. And I know we were just talking about purpose. And for all your listeners, I do believe that there is a divine purpose for all of us. If you're breathing, there's still purpose for you. That's it. Right. And so um, the healing really begins with just acknowledging the space that you're in. Like for me, I had to acknowledge not only was I visiting Victimville, not only did I vacation there, but I pulled up shop and then ran for mayor. When my angry friends would call, I'd be like, yeah, I would, I would get riled up with them. And here I am talking about God lives in me, right? <laughs> and I'm out here mad. Um, so really just acknowledging the space has a lot to do with the healing. It's a big piece of the healing process, right? But the second piece of that <clears throat> is doing what you have to do until you can do what you want to do. I'll say that again. Do what you have to do and, until you can do what you want to do. So sometimes we have goals, but there's things that we have to do first. And act out of motivation. No, not motivation. I'm sorry. Do things out of discipline in the absence of motivation. When you're not motivated to do the right thing, do the right thing just out of discipline. Right? And that's the hard part of people don't want to do that work. That's work in the healing space. Right? Not texting that person back. That's discipline because you're motivated to cuss them out. But you're going to hold back that text. You're going to hold back that text? It's little things. It's very small things, right? I talked about earlier about celebrating other people. Um, when you're scrolling through, this is how you know you're in Victimville. For those of you who are on Facebook, Instagram, for your listeners, you're scrolling through people's posts and you're like excited a little bit for them. Like, oh, okay, they're in Hawaii or whatever, but you won't push like. <laughs> oh, that's deep. That's that's so deep. Oh, that's so deep. You won't even, you won't like or love it. We used to say like, oh, they're being a hater. Sometimes it's not about, it's not about you. They're not hating on you. They're hating on themselves right now. They have a difficulty celebrating you because they're not doing what they are supposed to be doing. So they can be on vacation too or whatever. <laughs> Did you just, did you just shed light? Did you bring clarity to the world on why people ain't liking something 
and you know you get these people that get in their feelings if you don't like my page then i'm gonna if you don't like my post that i'm gonna unfriend you or whatever but you just provided clarity to all those people who can't understand why they have 1500 friends but got two likes on everything they post. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and i think we put so much emphasis on that on social media that it looks so different now right i mean which what we don't see is um we see everyone and what they post to be right what they post to be mm. <laughs> yeah but i we, like that i like that <laughs> what they post to be <laughs> but because we have no insight we have no insight on the in-between posts that's where real life takes place Woo, teach, teach. i know you see him with with i know you see her with him but you don't know the hell she catches in between all of those pictures, or the or the or the other one or the woman that's sitting there uh, looking at the pictures, like well, he was just with me last night. Absolutely. So there's that, <laughs> right? So you just have security. So security have to do it. You you didn't put you didn't just expose folks. Yeah, so it's just it's so layered. And I know, I mean, this is a very small book with short stories just to get people thinking about it. Mm. To get people thinking about, can I, am I in Victorville? Do I visit there? Do I vacation there? Right? And then this healing piece of, okay, what work am I willing to do? Am I going to start liking posts? Out of discipline, not motivation. Just, just to show that I'm celebrating other people. Am I going to hold back the clap back? You know that email? I don't know about y'all, but sometimes I get emails in the workspace where I'm like, oh, per my last e and I have to delete it because I'm like, per my last email. <laughs> Trust and believe. <laughs> you can definitely relate to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have to. I have to you know what I have to do when I do? I have to say, hold on. Let me get a couple people in the office. I need you to read this and tell me if I need to change something. You yeah. know, if you know, if you even got to get up from your desk and say, I need somebody to, to read it, to read it, you know, it's bad. Yeah, but that is, it's not bad. That's actually you practicing, um, getting like other feedback before you push in. Like people in Victorville, they just going to move in their feelings. True, true, true. Right. Like the fact that you take a pause lets me know that you, you're already working on your own personal growth. Right. Sometimes I have people read it like read read this and they're like, Bernice, just erase the whole thing and start over. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay. But that's a clear sign. When you say read this, this is a clear sign. It's, it's a clear sign. But if you're pushing sin, <laughs> if you don't have the ability to hold back your clap back, I would attest that you're in Victimville or at least visiting. If you can't even hold it back. If you can't delay it for one day, and I always tell people, if you're about to do something, an emotional response, delay it by one day, it's part of your healing. Your healing is doing the work out of discipline and not motivation. Mm -mm -mm. That is so true. It's, uh, and it teaches the most humble Muhammad, he says, speak to think five times before you speak. That has saved me so many times. So when you say that, delay something, it's power in that delay because it gives you time to let them emotions go down and then you can say, oh, wow, oh my God, did I really 
I'm so glad I didn't do that or oh, I'm so glad I didn't send that because like you say, so many people respond out of emotion and it's bad. It becomes disastrous and then we destroy relationships that can never be repaired all mm-hmm. because of that state of victimville and then we got yeah. to add to other reasons. Oh, wow, we need to stay in Victorville because now yeah. we're on Betrayal Boulevard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but you be, you can become you can become a slave to your emotions. Now your emotions are your God. You move when when, when you feel something. See, see now we gotta go to the challenges. And I got so many. I gotta we gotta go because I got like a hundred of them. You know what I mean? These are gonna be hard, but like you said, the book was written to get people thinking, and so we about to get some people thinking. The first challenge that I have, you all, first challenge of the season, so y'all make sure y'all write this down, listeners. Figure out what you are learning while you're in Victimville. You angry about things, or you angry about something that's been lingering for years. Why? Why are you still angry about it? So challenge yourself into figuring out why you're there. Second, then with a purpose not validation. You don't need people to sign off on the reason you should be angry. Yeah, you should be angry, so what? But what's the purpose? You angry, why are you angry? Is it something you need to address in yourself to correct why you angry every time something happens? Vent with the purpose. Next challenge. Are you writing or are you parked on Betrayal Boulevard? You gotta learn how to forgive yourself. So figure out, yeah, we, we grow. I mean, there's so many relationships that I have severed. I had to learn to forgive myself and move on. Sometimes you can reach out to these people and say, I've grown. I just want to apologize for something that I did in my ignorance or in my rebellious attitude. But if you can't, make peace with the Lord. That's, that's the most important person you need to be apologizing to and along with yourself. So whether or not you can even communicate that forgiveness to that, I mean, that, communicate that apology to that person you may not always be. If they're not here, you can't do it. So make sure you forgive yourself and make sure you go to the Lord. The next one is, are you an angry alley? Oh my God, so many of us are there. We have to evaluate that. As our sister so eloquently placed it, are you an angry alley? Just, are you that person that got to be angry about someone? If it ain't nothing to be angry about, you create something to be angry about. Somebody walk past you. Did she just walk past me? Come on, we gotta stop finding reasons to be angry. It's like we wake up in the morning to be angry. Let's let's deal with that. And let's another one, let's stop keeping score. This is ridiculous. How many people you gotta write down or you gotta note in your mind that they hurt you? Some of that you probably bring it on yourself. The next one is, are you your own God? Are you allowing, are you so angry with God that you figure I'm gonna need him? I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start governing myself. And in doing so, you out here running around making little devils because you become a devil when you decided that you don't need God no more. Come on now. We challenging you this year. I, we, we stepping up with our challenges this year. Uh, next to the last challenge is acknowledging the space that you are in. It's okay to be hurt. It's okay to, to be upset about some, for something. As long as you learn that that's where you at, now you got to determine what you're going to do. What's the purpose of that? Is it a lesson in that for you to learn? The last one is, oh, this is, I think, one of the most powerful ones. is Do the right thing out of discipline and not motivation. Just keep doing the right thing, and then eventually it's going to become second nature. 
Learn to celebrate someone else's success because that's contagious. Cele success is energy. And if you're celebrating somebody else's success, guess what, boo? It's going to come back on you. And those are my challenges for today. You see, I'm fired up, sis. I'm fired up because this, this topic has been powerful. We fired up today. So we're trying to get the started. <laughs> we're trying to get it started. And, and we hard. Just the whole challenging people mentally on is this the right way you should be approaching? Is this the right way you should be thinking? So, sister, thank you so much for writing this book and, and coming on our show and sharing so much wisdom boy i can't wait to go back and listen to this again and again and again and then just kind of teach from it i'm gonna give you your credit though sis. <laughs> but we're gonna give you the floor sis, so you can go ahead and and, and give your last word and let everybody know how they can find you and what projects you may be working on or about the point point four thank you so much once again dr hakima akila I appreciate you guys for having me here. Um, I love your energy. And I'm glad you just said energy is contagious, right? Especially positive energy. So I really appreciate that. Um, I want to leave your listeners with this because people love takeaways. I love those challenges, by the way. I'm going to have to listen to this again and steal them. Um, there you are, sis. There yeah. you are, I got them from you. <laughs> um, what I want to do is also challenge people to practice forgiveness. There's only one freeway in Victimville, and it's called Forgiveness Freeway, right? It will lead you out of Victimville. And someone might be saying, okay, well, how do you practice forgiveness? Um, there's so many ways. If someone cuts you off, in traffic, it's a small thing. It's a small gesture, but here's a way to start practicing forgiveness. Every time someone offends you, find the small offenses and forgive them first so that when the big offenses come, you already have so much practice. You didn't build up a muscle for forgiveness. Um, anyway, my name is Vernice Cooper. Um, you can reach me at www.vacatevictimville.net. And you can find my book, Vacate Victimville, Anthology for Hope, Hurt, Hope, and Healing on Amazon. Thank you again, you ladies, for having me. Thank you so much, sis. Oh, my God. Thank you. This has been incredible. You are so awesome. <laughs> but you got to come back, though. We're going to have to bring you back. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'll come back. Get the book. I love yeah. it. Yeah. You already got, you already got, I'll give it five stars. <laughs> <laughs> So that I held up both hands like 10, but you know, I think the thing only gets <laughs> you held up five times. Five. <laughs> Two times. <laughs> Two times. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been a pleasure. Um, we're starting season three off with a bang. And um, thank you for joining us. And we look forward to you joining us the rest of the season. <laughs> So they know how to find us. That's right. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Conversations with the Royal Impress. Tune in next week for another enlightening conversation. For more information on the Royal Empress, please visit the website royalempress.org. You can also follow the Royal Empress on Facebook, 
Instagram, and Twitter. Conversations with the Royal Empress is a subsidiary of the Royal Empress Organization. All rights reserved.